Hi, I'm Angie McCarty. I'm one of the pastors here on staff at Church of the Resurrection and the co-host of Resurrection's podcast called Resurrection Stories, where we invite staff members and people who are connected with Resurrection to tell us their stories, their journeys, how they ended up in this place, what brought them here, and what are some of the defining moments where God has stepped into their world and made a difference. And we want you to share information about this podcast. We thank you for tuning in, uh, but please share information. Invite others to come on, and you can find the link to the podcast by going to core.org slash podcast, Resurrection Stories, and you'll find the link, and we want you to share with share it with your circle of influence, share it with your friends and your family, and invite them to come on as well. And, Angela, we've got to invite folks to come over to Resurrection and experience it, us in person. There is something so. happening here every day of the week, whether it's children's ministries, student ministries, mm -hmm. classes, and small groups for people of all ages are a great way to get connected. We have groups that can meet specific needs, mm -hmm. recovery groups, grief, grief groups, groups um, other groups that just meet you and love you exactly where you are. Sunday worship, or I should say weekend worship, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is one of the entry points that most people experience first at Resurrection. So you can look at our website, resurrection.church, for all of our worship times and all of our locations. Yes. I want to remind you that Resurrection is a place where non-religious and nominally religious people can become deeply committed Christians. And so we invite you to come over. We hope that as a result of listening to our podcast, that you'll build deeper relationships with your family, with your friends, but also possibly with Jesus Christ. But even if you're not a believer, you're welcome to come to Resurrection because we welcome you here. With all of your, whatever doubts you have, whatever mm -hmm. questions you have, you're welcome to come and be a part of our fellowship. We would love to meet you and uh, to serve you and find ways to be a part of your life. So thank you for listening in again. We're now going to turn to our interview for the day, and it is a fascinating interview with a fascinating person. He has an amazing story, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So Angie's going to take us into our interview. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I just got a chance to meet you, and uh, just we had a great conversation. Probably traumatizing for you how long <laughs> I held you in there. But thank you for giving me that time, but thank you for coming on our podcast today. And we're so excited about interviewing you and having you share your story. But let's start it. Will you just tell folks a little about who you are and your background, some of the work you've been doing and what you're doing here at Resurrection Now? Sure. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, fun to be with you guys and to get to know you. So yeah, my name is Jonathan Foster. Um, I've been a church planter, been uh, doing that, been a part of three church plants over the years, and really enjoyed that. That gave me an opportunity to be on the edge, on the cutting edge, yes. on the bleeding edge, <laughs> as it were. And uh, You finally got to the right adjective, bleeding edge. Yeah, the <laughs> bleeding edge, unfortunately, sometimes. So that's been good. And yeah, I have uh, pursued a little bit of education. I didn't set out to do that, but I finished up a dissertation last year. I've written some books. Um, my, my family and I, mostly my son, my oldest son and I, we run an organization out of Haiti, a nonprofit down there. So we're really involved with that, which is super meaningful, but really difficult work. And um, yeah, I write books and then recently got connected here at Resurrection and I'm glad to be uh, pastoring and helping the, the connections and the care team. So yeah. 
It, we're so grateful to have someone with your experience. Thank you. And your depth of, of faith to be a part of our care team. I know you particularly focus on grief, and I don't know, when you share your story, you may share part of what that journey has been like for mm-hmm. you. But before we do that, we got a fun question we always like oh, to ask. Oh, okay, I want the fun question. <laughs> well, one of the fun questions that we ask is, what is your favorite book? But since you've written multiple books, mm. maybe our fun question should be, what is your favorite book that you wrote? Yeah, oh, yeah. Nice. I like that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's the favorite book that I wrote? Well, um, probably my best titled book is Questions About Sexuality That Got Me Uninvited for My Denomination. Wow. That's the title. It's a short, snappy title. We need to speak. So, yeah. So that, the entire type, say, say it again, the, Question, type, the whole title. Yeah. Questions About Sexuality That Got Me Uninvited for My Denomination. Wow. That's, love that. <laughs> love that's that. basically the whole book right there. I mean, there's more words yeah. in the title than the book. Uh, I, but, you know, it's always the most recent one. So my most recent thing is on grief. It's called Indigo, The Color of Grief. I don't know when this will air, but it drops on Amazon and all the places December 5. So as of this recording next week. Wow. So that's kind of really on my heart right now, yeah. uh, just because I've been living it the last few months. But, um, yeah, they're all, all kind of special to me. I don't know. I don't think very many other people think so, but I, <laughs> but I like them. So. <laughs> You've sold a couple copies, a haven't cou- you? Yeah, there's okay. been a couple copies that I've sold, so yeah. that's been good. Yeah. And I know we're going to, Pastor Emmy mentioned that you were going to do some stuff with us on grief here around resurrection, so we're really looking forward to that. Thank you. Yeah. 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 That'll hopefully be meaningful, so thanks. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So this, this podcast, we call it Resurrection Stories, and we try to tell stories of people, staff people, Mm -hmm. as well as members from all of our locations who are part of the resurrection life. Kind of want to share with the greater Kansas City area and beyond. Uh, You know, they have this image of this, just this big church and everything's perfect over there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes (laughs) it's hard to see that behind all of that, there are real human beings who, who are on journeys of faith, who really love God. So we invite people on to tell our stories. It's an honor to have you on today. Thank you. To have you tell your story. Would you share your story with you and uh, just and whether you want to do your life story, a faith story? Yeah, there's lots of stories. The, and lots of stories yeah. and lots of perspectives on a framework you can place them in, mm-hmm. but maybe give a defining moment. What was the turning point moment for sure. you in your faith journey? Yeah, when you get into your 50s, you get lots of stories. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when, uh, when Pastor Hemi Jones, when she... Uh, she hired me and asked me to come work with y'all. You know, she was introducing me to a few different people. And she said at one point, she said, he, he's old, but he's low mileage. <laughs> <laughs> Which I immediately texted my wife. I said, this is one of the best comments I've ever heard. So, yeah, I've been around. I got a few stories and I, probably high mileage, actually. But, um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I guess I'll go a bit with. My, my story is kind of woven in with the church. My, both my granddads were pastors, and my dad was a pastor. Uncles and in-laws and cousins. It's, it's just been a part of our family, you know, my whole life. So I didn't have much of a chance growing up probably um, emulating, you know, those people and, and wanting to step into that. And like I said, at Church Planted, really enjoyed that. Um, and for the most part, have really enjoyed it. But our, our world changed, as you alluded to, earlier on uh, January 1st, 2015, when our oldest child, our daughter, was killed in a car wreck. Mm-hmm. And so that obviously happened, um, well, in a span of a heartbeat, 
you know, her heart stopped beating and our whole life, it just, everything changed and shifted. So that sent me on a journey that I was not planning to go down. And I started pulling out theological threads, as it were, psychological, ecclesiological, all the logicals. Mm -hmm. I was pulling out those threads, trying to figure out, uh, you know, what I think about myself and what I think about God and who I am and, and what, what, what does all this mean? I haven't figured it out. I don't think anyone really completely does, but it's been uh, now going on almost nine years of just steadily on that path of, of trying to ask questions and to read and to pray and to reflect and to think. And that's what led into the some of the academic stuff. It's really what led into the writing. Um, it's just I don't write because I have something to say. I basically write because I've just had questions. And it's the way I've been able to sit down and almost journal and pray and write all at the same time. So really, it's helped me as, as much as anything. So that has kind of been the defining piece of my story, trying to figure out what that meant. And um, I'll just add one quick thing to that. Like, theologically, what happened was, it's slightly embarrassing to say, at that point, I was in my 40s and I was pastoring. I still really hadn't, like, concluded why I thought maybe Jesus died or needed to die. Not Again, not to suggest that anyone has, you know, full knowledge of why these things right, happen. Right. But up until that point, I'd basically just been parroting the standard kind of evangelical, you know, Americanized yeah. churchy answer. Yeah. And it worked until it doesn't until work. It my, doesn't. my partner and I say yeah. all the time, we're like, yeah. you run with something until you can't anymore, and then it's time to pick up something else. So, yeah, I was asking the question, essentially, why did my daughter have to die, which kept leading me to the question, well, why did Jesus have to die? And uh, long story short, I got into Rene Girard's mimetic theory and the whole scapegoating mechanism, and it slowly began to dawn on me. This would have been about 2015, 2016, that, oh, no, I, I don't think God needed Jesus to die, uh, that God has always been a loving, forgiving God. And so Jesus doesn't die as a requirement of God's love, but Jesus dies to reveal God's love. And so that was a watershed moment for me, and really, theologically, from that moment on, my life's been different and changed me in a lot of different ways, and and I've really been grateful for that. So, yeah, that was wow. a pretty defining thing. Wow. That is defining. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, um, there may be people who are listening right now who mm -hmm. have also lost a child. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them today? Yeah. I would try to not say very much. I would try to say very little. Um, I think uh, solidarity is more powerful than solutions. There really isn't an ultimate solution other than leaning into love and grace and mercy in God. So, uh, yeah, it's probably a bit counterintuitive, especially since I speak and write and use a lot of words. I try not to, you, you know, use too many when I'm around folks. So just hopefully um, they can find people who will help them own and be with their pain and their hurt and to not deny it. You know, we're, we're really guilty of that and American consumerism and sometimes the church is, is worse in than, than unchurched folks in terms of uh, not being honest about it and trying to deny it. And so then we suppress this stuff and then all these things live in repression and that stuff sooner or later will, will manifest itself in some really weird dysfunctional things. So I would just hope um, that people, if people are listening and have gone through 
intense loss or any loss for that matter, that they would just cultivate an ability to, to be with it and to not search for the fix. Um, I, I think this is probably a Father Richard Rohr thing, but I often think of the cross. The cross, I don't think, is where Jesus is extending his arms to fix things. I think he's there extending his arms to hold the whole world together. So really, I think we all just need a big hug. So whoever's listening, give yeah. yourself a hug, and yeah. and we're thinking of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's great stuff. Is, do you kind of go into the same kind of content in your book on grief? Yeah, the solidarity versus solutions thing mm-hmm. is uh, is definitely a line. I well, first of all, I probably stole it from someone else, but then yeah, I, I definitely put it in the book, and and yeah, it's that kind of thing. It's trying to play with both the. It's trying to be really honest about the absurd loss. And it is absurd it's when you absurd. lose a kid. I mean, any loss is. Yeah, that's a, um, but it's just it's just it's yeah. just life changing, and yeah. so to try to um, hold that intention with also the really beautiful presence of love that I have felt, and I have felt from the very moment that you know we got the news, the juxtaposition of these two things that don't um, don't seem to go together initially. It's something I just continually am trying to play with and wrestle with. And I'm, and I'm trying to, in an artistic way, in Indigo, the, the most recent book, to try to get at that and to give space for people to also be able to kind of hold both. Because I think there's so much, um, I started to say power, that's not my favorite word, but I'll just, I guess I'll go with, yeah, I think there's power with that and there's, yeah. there's comfort and healing in that. Uh, for people who may be watching today who may feel stuck in grief, maybe they have, they've had a loss, mm-hmm. and they feel like, I should be past this, mm. and I'm really not. Yeah. Is there any wisdom? I mean, what do you, what would you say, what do you say to those folks? Yeah, I would think um, probably what you guys are already feeling, the, the uncomfortableness of even just uh, you asked that question. Like, so I think the goal would be to make sure people know that they don't have to get beyond anything really ever again. They don't ever have to do anything. They can just be where they are because uh, God in his or her provenient grace is already right there in that moment. And, and I just think we create too many problems by trying to you know, put people on timelines and, yeah. and, and try to wow. systematize this thing too much and line it out and say, you're going to get this wave of grief and this wave. And, and you do get those waves, but it's not linear. It's very non-linear. So I'm probably repeating myself a little bit in terms of what I've already said, but like, I just would really hope that people could give themselves grace and space to be in that moment, wherever they're at. And you, you, you're never going to be the same. Yeah. And so you're never really going to be over it. Yeah. And this is probably true, irrespective of the things that we're talking about. And wow. that might freak some people out. Um, I do reserve, like if we had more time, you know, I, I, I do would reserve time to talk about some stuff we, we certainly want to get beyond. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some pain in life. Mm-hmm. But by and large, I think uh, it's okay just to be where you're at and that God doesn't need you to be anywhere else and that's where you're at and and giving yourself a lot of uh, space to be there I think is probably important. I hear Grace saying that mm. uh, because what we mostly hear is, okay, how do you need, you need to get beyond this, you need to get... Yeah, five steps of being a better person. Being a better yeah, person, whatever, getting yeah. beyond your grief. Right. And it, sometimes it's the person, and my wife and I have talked about this, that 
the person who hurt somebody is the person who's telling somebody you need to get telling the person mm, they hurt yeah. that, that you need to get beyond. Yeah, this, right? that's yeah. frustrating. Yeah. That's particularly yeah. frustrating because yeah. they're uh, yeah they're they're kind of blocking you from being able to to be in that space and to receive that grace where you're at, yeah. and that's that's not healthy. Yeah. I feel like the church has in particular caused so much harm in this area of letting people be where they are, encourage, accepting that mm-hmm. um, because we come together for worship and it's all praise mm-hmm. and thanksgiving mm-hmm. and there's this expectation that you're going to come to church and be happy and put on your happy face. Right. And I just don't buy that. I don't yeah. think that that's the church. That's right. That's right. That church that's has right. to be the place where you that's can right. come and be and throw up all of your emotions that's and, right. I mean, even leave screaming at yeah. God, yeah. opening yourself to God in worship or prayer is an affirmation that God accepts us exactly as we are. Yeah. 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 And um, I would just add to that. I don't, I don't know that I can do any better than that, but I would add to that by just saying that um, what came to my mind as you were talking was the, the verse, uh, was it Ephesians 2.10? For we are God's mm-hmm. uh, handiwork. The, the original, I think the Greek, it's poema, from which we get the English word poem. So we are a work of art. God is co-partnering with us to create this art. And great art, to me, now art is subjective, so you know we could probably go back and forth on this. But I think great art has tension in it and has an antagonism. Always. In it. Mm-hmm. Always. Great art is not plastic, right. like everything is perfect. Right. Um, it's that's boring, you right. know. Only resolution. So there's something really beautiful about the human life that is, you know, that life that's capable of owning, you know, their antagonism and their tension. And so what you said, I think, is so true. If you can find a faith community that allows you to, um, it, it's, it's like some people think it's wallowing in it. It's not that. It's just being human. And the beauty of humanity um, has, that whole thing has changed my my thoughts about theology, which is interesting. My humanity has changed my thoughts about theology. Yeah. My theology has changed my thoughts about humanity. So I, I totally agree with that. And and hopefully that's happening at resurrection. Uh, feels like it is, you know, yeah. from my yeah. brief little experience with it. Yeah. And uh, I think that's super important. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So much more land. We could go on. We for could. <laughs> we could go on. And so maybe we'll just have to plan part two plan with part Jonathan. Plan two with Jonathan. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've got to give you some kudos. And folks, when they see this uh, broadcast this you this will have, will have already happened but uh you interview rob bell and so they can find that <laughs> interview yeah. with rob bell where can sure. they find that yeah i have a podcast called jonathan underscore foster podcast because all the cool names were taken <laughs> like resurrection stories those kinds of names were already taken so i just went jonathan underscore foster and yeah i talk about theology on there from an open and relational theological and a mimetic theory kind of framework. And so sometimes I monologue, but a lot of times I dialogue and I get to have people like Rob on and lots of other folks who've influenced me. So that'll be cool. Well, we're so grateful to have you at Resurrection. We're blessed to have you at Resurrection. Thank you. Thank you for coming on our our podcast. And we will plan part two uh, so we can dig more into some of this uh, theological unveiling and unfolding that you're going through. And to be honest, Angie, I love the fact that that's coming out of this place of being in touch with this brokenness over mm-hmm. losing yeah. your daughter. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. mean to me would be inhuman 
to yeah. not for one's whole life, not to, the traje- trajectory of one's whole life, right. not to change as right. a result of something like right. that. Yeah. So thank you for being in that place and modeling for others. Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. How to be in that place and, and still live forward. Yeah. Thanks. Thank, thank you. you so much. All right.